The No Nonsense Anti-Racism Podcast could not do what it does without listeners like you. We do not take you for granted at all. We appreciate your support so, so much, especially the support of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation. Thank you. We need your help, though, to continue to spread information, contextually, factually accurate information about anti-racism work. It would be wonderful if you could take a few minutes out of your day to write us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts and Google specifically are fantastic ways, and we would love the support. It would be a huge help to us. We really appreciate it. It's called Code Switching, and I'm a master of the dial. I got a different me for every situation. No matter black, white, old, or young, I can tune into your tongue, and nobody can Welcome, welcome to the No Nonsense Anti-Racism Podcast. Today, we are talking about code switching. Some of you might be wondering, what the heck is code switching? What does this mean, and what does it mean when we're talking about racism, white supremacy, and racial justice specifically? Why do people feel like they need to code switch in their lives? While according to the Oxford Dictionary, the official definition of code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in conversation. That's the official definition. But when we talk about it in everyday life, code switching is both a performative and subconscious form of adjusting to different environments and the ways in which you anticipate to be perceived. This is based on your diverse identities, so it can go beyond race, and it often does to include sexual orientation and religion. W.E.B. Dubois is quoted as saying, It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels his two-ness an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body, whose dog's strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. W.E.B. Dubois said, and really I found related to this conversation, a topic of code switching. Another definition, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, is that code switching initially referred to languages, more specifically the way people who spoke a language other than English, seemed to switch seamlessly between the two. But over time, the term has changed its meaning, and it's now more commonly referred to members of a marginalized or underrepresented identity having to adapt to the dominant environment around them in any context. Listen to this hilarious and adorable example of code switching that I found in my research. I'm going to be talking about how I code switch in my life personally, because I code switch every day. This is the code I use when I'm talking to my friends. Bruh, can you believe the fight that happened today at school? Bruh, that's what I'm saying. He jumped over the table, picked up the tray, bink, minked on his head. It's like, yo, this was crazy as Hold on one second, my mom's calling. Hello? Hello, mommy. Yes, no, I'm just hanging out with my friends. No, no, we're just talking about Bible study and everything that we're going to do. Yes, and here's the thing about African parents. When they get on the phone with you, they're going to make sure they give you a prayer before they get off the phone. Amen. The Lord will bless you too. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Man, what y'all laughing at, man? 
I used to feel some type of way. I was like, let me go off to the corner and take this phone call and not be in front of everybody. But to the point where it was like, you know what? I don't care. This is the truth. This is my truth. According to Beverly Tatum, a race relations expert and author of the book, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria and Other Conversations About Race, code switching is broken down into two categories, language-based or culture-based code switching. Now, language-based is when someone changes the way they speak, like their vocabulary, and culture-based can refer to clothing, behavior, and generally self-presentation. And sure, anyone can code switch. And every single person has likely code switched regularly, whether you realize it or not. You don't speak to your grandparents the same way you speak to your friends. You don't behave the same way in the workplace as you do in a social setting. Code switching can sound like enunciating your sentences more to speak the Queen's English. It can look like more friendlier facial and body language. It can be dressing a certain way in spaces that you feel you have to change to fit in, to survive, or to thrive. There's many reasons for people individually to code switch. Whether it's because it's become normalized for them and they don't even think about it, whether it's because they want to gain something, to feel comfortable in certain spaces, or to feel physically or mentally safe. Don't mistake code switching for being fake or inauthentic. There are ways in which many people of color are expected to behave in order to not stand out in a way that may jeopardize comfortability or opportunity. All of us are multifaceted and multidimensional people, but there are different identities that we hold that we may deem to be appropriate in certain situations. Honestly, I didn't even know that there was vocabulary to define this until maybe earlier this year, but it's an experience that I've always felt. And if you're a person of color, or if you are a marginalized group in any setting really, then you probably know the feeling too. The issues at the heart of the need for code switching is systemic racism. The idea that white behavior, attitudes, values, characteristics are better and the standard means that others are expected to change themselves to fit in. Code switching occurs in spaces where negative stereotypes of people of color run counter to what is considered appropriate behaviors and norms for a specific environment. This is true for so many spaces that we occupy. School, work, shopping, places of worship. If we were to go deeper, code switching happens beyond race to include sexual identity and even religion. And code switching, as funny and lighthearted as we've outlined, can also have life and death consequences. When marginalized people interact with police, for example, the way that they speak, move, or look can mean the difference between being shot by the police or walking away. There is a psychological toll on people who code switch because they are always prioritizing someone else's comfort over their own. The ultimate goal of code switching is to make other people in the room feel that you fit in, that any underlying stereotypes don't ever surface because they're different, they're not like the others. Having to switch up your mannerisms and your language is exhausting. You're always on alert, never at ease in case you say the wrong thing. There is always an awareness that you may confirm or disrupt a stereotype. 
that you are a representative of more than just yourself. Now, not everyone sees code switching very favorably. There are many people who think code switching is selling out. Harvard Business Review did a study to evaluate people's response to a fictitious situation of code switching in the workplace. Researchers had 350 black and white participants imagine themselves as recently hired employees at a law firm in a large metropolitan city. Each of the participants read an email from a colleague named either Lamar Matthew Jackson or Lakeisha Renee Jackson, both third-year associates at the law firm. In the email, Lamar or Lakeisha shared advice on the unspoken ways to succeed at the company, whether you should be yourself, in quotes, or try to fit in, use standard English or slang, or wear your hair naturally, or conform to more traditionally Eurocentric hairstyles. The research participants evaluated whether Lamar and Lakeisha's behavior was appropriate for the workplace and the level of professionalism they should be showing. On average, white participants evaluated code-switching behaviors positively and perceived those who engaged in these behaviors as more professional, particularly when black employees adjusted their hair to better fit the norms of the dominant group. In contrast, black participants were disappointed with the fictitious black lawyers who intentionally engaged in code switching to fit in at work, and they evaluated them as less professional. For some of you who may be questioning the need to code switch at all, there are socioeconomic effects at play for those unable or unwilling to code switch. Language-based code switching in particular is also referred to as language privilege. If you can change your voice to sound less quote-unquote foreign in some spaces, you'll be taken more seriously. Code switching is a defense against linguistic discrimination. Yes, that is a thing. In a 1999 study, the black researcher and linguist John Baugh wanted to test out the severity of linguistic discrimination. He ran an experiment where he called landlords across California to ask about housing opportunities and he alternated his language between African-American Vernacular English, AAVE, Chicano English, and Standard American English. He found that in predominantly white areas of California, such as Palo Alto, San Francisco, and Woodside, Standard English resulted in more confirmed appointments to view apartments advertised by 50%. In the search for modern essentials like household, code switching provided access often denied to black people. This is a consequence of systemic racism, but there's another explanation too, our brains. In one of my earliest podcast episodes, I discussed what racism in the brain looks like, and linguistic discrimination is another way that this shows up. In one study, a psycholinguist named Shiri Levari at the Max Planck Institute of Psycholinguistics in the Netherlands, asked non-native speakers of Polish, Turkish, Austrian, German, Korean, and Italian to record some neutral statements like ants don't sleep in English. Native English speakers recorded the same phrase. When native English speakers rated the recordings for their veracity or accuracy, They rated the speakers with the heaviest accents as least true, while native speakers were rated the most true. Mind you, everyone is saying the same phrase, 
Ants don't sleep. A-N-T-S. Ants don't sleep. And Lev Ari, the researcher behind this study, is quoted as saying, We are less likely to believe something if it's said with a foreign accent. In her view, the negative judgments are the result of the additional effort that our brains take to process foreign speech. Our brains then shift the blame for this effort in terms of accuracy or truthfulness onto the speaker. In another experiment, Lev Ari showed that native speakers remember less accurately what non-native speakers say. This is because we expect non-native speakers to be less proficient, so we rely on our expectations about what they're going to say rather than what they actually do say. So it is interesting to understand the ways that our brain processes new information um, and uh, tries to process new languages that we haven't heard before, but it goes beyond just the way that our brains process languages because it is combined with the stereotypes that we hold that determine what will happen when you hear foreign accents. At the end of the day, code switching is a survival technique used to assimilate, survive, and thrive in spaces that would otherwise be limiting. Whether you are for or against it, it's important that you understand what this is and evaluate whether your internalized biases are forcing others to have to be less than their authentic selves around you. The decision to code switch is a personal one, and only you as an individual get to make the call of whether or not to use this technique in any aspect of your life, whether it's at work, at school, or in social settings. I'll leave you with a joke from the comedian Dave Chappelle who once said, Every Black American is bilingual, all of us. We speak street vernacular, and we speak job interview. Beverly Osuzua is our researcher. Jade Sullivan manages our social media. I'm your host, Nuri Yunus. I'm actually going to leave you with a clip from a TV show called Big Mouth, and in it, they are explaining what code switching is through song. I will include a link to it in the show notes, so make sure you go and take a watch of that when you can. How does a code switch work? Well, it's a little tricky, but let me break it down for you. As a black kid, you gotta learn this handy trick of social self-defense. You switch up your speak and give your manner a tweak depending on the audience. I'll be Will Smith, witty, or cool like Diddy, or affable as you please. Because when you're young and black, you develop a knack for putting the world at ease. It's called code switching, and I'm a master of the dial. I got a different me for every situation. No matter black, white, old, or young, I can tune into your tongue. And nobody can tell which one's the real.